Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. I think sometimes we miss that God is in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Even in our routine or what we think is mundane, He's there. You know, I don't use close-up toothpaste, but I have a blessing in there on close-up toothpaste, right? <laughs> uh, because it's such a great blessing that you can speak over someone even in the marketplace. But may you experience God close up, right? Yeah. And your whole podcast is about revealing Jesus. So may your listeners experience Jesus close up. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Go for Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained and life-changing productions who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at christinaperera.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperera.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. She is the founder of Dare to Hear Ministry, and she is licensed and ordained in the Foursquare Church. And she is the author of the new book, Legacy, The Lost Art of Blessing. I have with me today, Debbie Kitterman. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Christina. It's such an honor to be with you today. Oh, thank you so much for being with me. I was going to say for having me. (laughs) Are you hosting? Am I hosting? I don't know. You're hosting, but I might have to have you on the podcast so then I can say that and you can say that back to me. I like that. That sounds good. I was excited when you said you were a podcaster. Yes. Yeah, I like that. So you know exactly how this is going to be. I love that. Well, I've told our listeners so much about you. Can you share with them something personal just to help get to know you? Oh, sure. Okay. So this may come as a shock to people, but so I am not really a coffee drinker. I love tea. I mostly just drink water. I don't even really do soda, right? But God has recently picked us up and moved us across the country and we're, you know, retired from pastoring. So we're like, well, God, what do you want us to do? And so he's kind of put some stuff on our heart about different things in the community. And one of those things is around coffee. 
And so I had to go to coffee school recently. Can you believe it, Christina? There's such a thing as coffee school. Anyways, so I know the guy's like, you don't do coffee? I'm like, nope, never. I mean, I'm in my 50s. That's all I'm going to say. But no, I have never drank coffee. I tried it. My dad said, if you can't drink it black and the way I drink it, you can't drink it at all. My dad drank it. It's sludge in the bottom, Christina. So it was awful. (laughs) So there was just like no way. I would do the occasional pumpkin spice latte, but is that, you know, you add so much stuff to it. Is it really coffee? But at coffee school, I went all in. That's something about me. I go all in. Like when God's like, you're going to do this, I go all in. So we had to roast coffee, taste test coffee, smell coffee, all kinds of things. And now all of a sudden I've decided that I'm a cold brew and especially a nitro cold brew lover, which my husband's super excited about that because he's like, they always wanted us to go to coffee shops and sit on Saturday mornings. I I was like, yay, now we can sit at home on Saturday mornings and drink coffee as long as mine's cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. I'm a coffee and a tea girl. I've got my cup of tea right here with me, but I think both are so good. But yeah, coffee is so unique and interesting and it's so many different ways. And I read in your book, you mentioned the PSL, the pumpkin spice latte. And I was like, yes. she is a girl after my heart. <laughs> Yes, you know, it's so funny because before I did coffee roasting school, that is all I would drink. One time a year, I would have one or two, sometimes three pumpkin spice lattes. It just depended. But that was my only really taste of coffee. And I have learned that it actually isn't as bad as I thought it was. Like trauma for my dad trying to make me this black sludge coffee back in the day. He was a logger. So, you know, Um, I mean, yeah. He needs it strong. He did. He did. And I was just like, why would anybody drink this? (laughs) I I am a tea girl mostly. And then just really within the last couple months have kind of taken on a new love for coffee. So I love that. I love that so much. There's something so comforting about both. I love a warm cup of something. It's just got to be warm for me. Yes. Yeah. Well, coffee cold for me, I decided it takes out that bitter taste for me. So. And then yeah. the nitro to it, ooh, that's my favorite. Hmm, I could have tried the nitro. I've never tried that. I have yeah. done the cold brew in the summer, and I really like that, especially by the pool. That's nice. Oh, yes. yes. So good. Sure, when they email me and let me know what you think of it. Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> so good. Well, thank you so much for sending me your book. I have absolutely... Loved it. And I thought you put some really interesting things in there. And I have to tell you, it was such a God thing because I was in a meeting the day before and the gentleman who was running the meeting, he had brought a young couple up and he said, I want to speak prophetic words over these guys. And we're all sitting there and none of us were getting anything. And we were all just kind of looking at him like, oh, oh Lord, what do we do? And I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, I want you to bless them. And that was what I did. Oh. And, and you know, you were speaking in your book how blessings are prophetic. And I thought, I've never heard anyone tie that together. But after that experience the day before, I thought, man, she's right. Let's talk about that. Oh, I totally forgot to ask you how you met Jesus. Oh, well, we can pause. We can do that. Okay. I like that question a lot. My first memory, which my mother told me I accepted Jesus when I was three, but you know, when you're three, do you really remember that? But 
I actually do. We lived in a trailer park at that time, and there was this Mrs. Young. I don't even know how old she is, but as a three-year-old, you think they're really old, right? Um, but Mrs. Young lived around the corner from us, and she had, we used to do these five-day clubs. There was an organization that would do that, but at Christmas time, they would come in and they would tell the Christmas story. And at three years old, I remember being there. I don't remember saying the prayer, but my mom says I did. But what I do remember is, again, in a five-day club that we had in our house after, you know, we shortly moved from there. My parents had a house that was being built, and then we moved there. When I was eight, we were hosting a five-day club for our neighborhood in my backyard. And basically, it's, you know, evangelists, and then they get youth to come help them and partner with them. And they come to your home, and they share the gospel message and tell about missionaries, then you sing songs. And I remember at eight years old in my backyard that I gave my life to the Lord and met Jesus really for the first mm-hmm. time. I've been going to church since the time I was five and hearing stories, but I finally made that decision of, I really want to have that personal relationship with Jesus. And I love how when my mom's like, you know, when you were three, you did that too with Mrs. Young. And I remember her and I remember being in her home at Christmas. It's one of the only memories that I have when I was younger from that time. A couple more from that, you know, riding my little tricycle around the cul-de-sac and holding my feet out as I was flying down the incline, which (laughs) terrified my mother. And that and then riding the little horse on the springs. I love Mm -hmm. that. My mom said I rode it so much I broke it. But those are the only memories that I remember from being young. But I do remember being at her home at Christmas time. And so I love how the Lord used that to bring the five-day club back into my life. And then as a young teen, serve with Child Fellowship Evangelism, which did the five-day clubs. And I would take my summers and I would go and do five-day clubs in neighborhoods and people's homes. And so it just meant so much to me at that time when I was eight that I wanted to give back and I wanted to see other people experience that as well. So mm, I love that so much. Jesus is so beautiful. I love where he meets us right where we are, whether it's at the home of, you know, a beautiful woman of God or in a church setting or in our family. He has a way of reaching us when we're young and it's just so beautiful. And it doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're young or old, when you come to know the Lord, you know, he just turns it into a life of beauty, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He is good that way. (laughs) So good. All right. Well, back to my question. Okay. How did the Lord put it on your heart to write this book? And what was your thoughts behind the blessing being such a prophetic force in people's lives? Yeah. Well, okay. So this book is, believe it or not, 17 years in the making. It probably, Christina, should have been the first book that I wrote. But for some reason, I thought, no, I missed my timing on the book is what I thought. Mm. And I was actually preparing. It's kind of came from years of research, really, and a teaching I did. I was teaching prophetic classes at our church. And people kept saying, we need more. We want something more. This is good, but we want more stuff. And we had been using somebody else's curriculum. So I convinced the elder and his wife that were partnering with me at that time that we could create a part two of these hearing God classes. And they were like, okay, so what are we going to talk about? And I just had this blessing. It's just a part of who I am. I'm a natural encourager. It kind of goes Mm -hmm. with my giftings, right? Mm -hmm. And I 
was always intrigued by in the Old Testament when you see the patriarch of the family releasing blessings over the children or the grandchildren. But even if you go all the way back to Genesis, we see God doing the same thing with Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. about blessing them. But I didn't really know much about it, but I was like, well, what if we did something on blessings and prophetically blessing people? And I remember, I call him Papa Carl because he was like a grandfather to me um, and a spiritual mentor. And he, you know, he likes to always be, you know, a little stubborn. He liked to poke a little bit and take that stand firm. And he'd be like, are blessings even biblical? Are they even for today? And I was like, yes, yes, they are. I was so adamant about that. So I started researching it and I was pulling it together and The Lord has a way, Christina, of making sure that he shows you exactly what he's teaching you. And I remember standing at that time in the Pacific Northwest in the post office and my favorite postal worker was a believer. So we talk about, you know, God and all things, church and stuff when I would go up to him. But this poor woman started sneezing so many times. I mean, once, Mm. twice, maybe three times. Oh, no, she probably sneezed upwards of seven, eight, nine times. Um, Wow. Holy Spirit. I know. Isn't it crazy? And every time she did, my favorite postal worker, he would say, God bless you. And there was something in me because living in where I lived in the Pacific Northwest, not some, you know, church Mm -hmm. friendly. And I was thinking, you don't want him to get in trouble. He's my favorite. Can you do that as a government worker? Say God in a sentence, like without people being offended today, I think people would be offended. But back then she was like, thank you. And it was like the Holy Spirit just kind of started talking to me about if we'd be intentional about the words that we speak to release blessings over people, even as simple as saying, God bless you when somebody sneezes, that what we're doing is opening a spiritual door that says, God, I want you to intentionally target this person for good. Send your Holy Spirit to bless Mm -hmm. them in whatever words we speak. And we see that in Numbers chapter six, that God said, if you'll put my name on them, I will bless them. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. You know, it's so interesting. I think the Lord's really on the power of the prophetic and restoring his voice right now, right at the top of the ear. We're recording this in January and it's going to air probably March or so. But the Lord is really on that. There's such power When we say something even as simple as God bless you when somebody sneezes, do you know where that started? No, where? You know, I was actually doing some research on this. And so it started, people had this belief that when people sneeze, evil spirits were coming out of them. (laughs) Yes. And so it started as an act of blessing, the Lord bless you. Because way back in the day, people often related to sickness and disease to evil spirits, which some are related, and not every sickness and disease is, but some are. So they would speak blessing over the Lord bless you every time somebody sneezed because they wanted to bless them and deliver them. And I thought how powerful that is and how much it's needed in this world today. You know, we live in this negative environment, and I love that you're a fellow encourager just like me, and we need to speak blessing over one another, blessing over our brothers and sisters, blessing over our government officials, blessing over our children, everyone that we encounter, 
It's such a powerful thing. It really is. It's just the heart of God, I think, to want to bless. I mean, the scripture says to encourage everyone every day as long as it's called today. And so I'm like, blessings is just another way of encouraging people. And I like to think of blessings on different levels. People are probably already speaking blessings over people. They're just not aware of it. And I like to get them to to think, oh, well, we can take it beyond just kind and affirming words to being intentional about it and Mm -hmm. then saying, God, what do you want to say? And that's the prophetic nature of it is, God, I know what I see in them. I can speak and I can affirm things in them and I can be intentional to call that out. But God, what do you see? What do you want to say? And then how can I bless them in that? And so that's kind of how we kind of take it to the different levels. Everybody can start at simply speaking a kind word and blessing Mm -hmm. somebody else with affirmation. That's so good. You know, I was speaking with the Lord about this this morning, and the Bible says that we were in Christ, and Christ was slain from the foundations of the world, and there was good works prepared for each of us who would believe in Jesus. And when we partner with the heart of God, we're going back to what God spoke over each and every one of us from the foundations of the world. And we're partnering with the heart of God and speaking those things over people's lives. And if we're speaking things that are contrary, you know, so let's give some good examples. What can we speak over people's lives that were spoken over them from the foundations of the world? Well, positive or negative? (laughs) Let's start with a positive and then we'll talk about the negative. Yeah. Right. Well, and really that, well, one of my favorites is that we're the apple of God's eye. Mm. Right. And then that he knows his plans and his purposes for us, that he wants to give us a hope and a future. Mm. And it even says, you know, and love Psalm 139, that he saw us as we were knit together in our mother's womb and that he predestined us. He ordained for us to do certain things. And so from the foundations of the world, that was what God was speaking over us. But the enemy also knows the plans that God has. So, you know, that's why we see as young kids or whatever, people will say stuff. Sticks and stones, that Mm -hmm. whole little nursery. I don't even know what it was, a nursery rhyme, a a playground rhyme. I don't know. It's such a lie from the pit of hell because it's not sick. Your bones will break. Yes, but they will mend. But words continually harm because we're designed, Christina, to believe and listen to what is spoken over us. And then we start to repeat it, right? And especially as a child, you know, back when I was doing the research back in 2004, 2005, like 17 years ago, they said that it took 37 positives to offset one negative in the heart Mm -hmm. of a child. And at that time, I was like, well, kids are pretty resilient. So 37 positive stops at one negative. Well, what about you and I as adult? Like when somebody gives me a sideways glance, we read so much into that. Like mm-hmm. he looked at me funny. What are they thinking? Oh, yeah. they don't like me, right? But then if somebody says something to us, we then take those tapes and play them over and over and over again. And I think as adults, we're not as resilient as children. So if it takes 37 positives to offset one negative in the heart of a child, Mm. how many positives do you and I need to really rewrite those tapes? That's why God is saying, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and think on these things. Things are lovely 
and pure and good and from God because he knows. He knows that what we're going to experience in this life. Yes. And I love that. And I love that you dive deep into the Jewish tradition of blessing children. And the whole time I was reading that, I kept thinking about Jesus and the little children coming to Jesus and Jesus blessing the little children. And then the last thing that we see our Lord do before he's taken up into the heavens in the New Testament is we see him blessing the disciples and commissioning all of us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing in the heart of God. Can you talk a little bit about that Jewish tradition of blessing children? Yes, absolutely. Well, one of the reasons why I didn't write this book 17 years ago, because I had started teaching it and I was speaking at a conference and this one lady came to me and she's like, do you know about the Jewish culture and tradition? And I was like, no. She's like, oh, here's my phone number. I would love to give you some areas to research, some things to do. I would love to talk to you about the importance of this to um, the, you know, our Jewish culture and our heritage. And I was like, great. And then for whatever reason, just life or what lost her information. And so when I was kind of studying it, I saw some stuff, but I thought, oh, I missed that piece. And it's so funny because you know how the Lord just puts people in your path. Mm -hmm. I actually had a fellow pastor who was Jewish by birth, and I didn't even think to ask him. Like, you know how sometimes you just, you're like, what was I thinking? Oh, wait, I wasn't. And so when the Lord said, I want you to write this book. Now is the season for you to write this book because there's something on this. There's something about legacy that he's mm -hmm. wanting to do in the body of Christ right now sure. within families for generations. And I was like, like now, like you want me to dust that off and do that now? I had some other things I was going to write about. And he's like, nope, now's the time. And I was like, I was just like undone because Christina, I thought I had missed it. I thought, oh, I missed mm -hmm. God in that. And here he's bringing it around. So I reached out to the pastor friend of mine who is Jewish, and he gave me a bunch of information and some research I had already done. And so he just confirmed some things that I had done. And then somebody else put me in contact with another theonic pastor rabbi that is now, you know, a pastor believer. And he actually confirmed a lot of what I said, but then took it to the next level for me. And so it was so enlightening. And at the same time, I thought I had kind of had built it up in my mind that it was going to be it. And so at first I was a little, you know, disheartened, which you read in the book, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be all this. And it really wasn't what I was thinking. But when I had time to sit on it and to really marinate it on it, like the Lord just said, this has been a part in the fabric and the foundation of what I wanted for my people to do from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And yes, while it's not necessarily with some as it should be, I want to bring it back. I want to, I want it to be revived so that it's not a lost art, but that it is something that people are walking in on a daily basis. And Jewish families and Jewish tradition, they will bless their children nightly. They will bless them. You know, may you be like um, Ephraim and Manasseh. And they will speak blessings. And they're kind of, they can seem kind of by rote that they're doing them, that they're just kind of going through the motions. But for those that are saying it, it's deeply personal for them as well. And so the Lord started speaking to me about, like, we can do that, but then also adding his words on top of that, which I think, you know, as believers and having the Holy Spirit operate and flow in our lives. 
that is something that we can go, oh, this is in scriptures. This is the model that God gave us. Now, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say in this situation? Because we see the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the family speaking over the generations, just like Jesus did. Jesus did, you Mm. know. I love that. He was disciples. He did it to the children. Yeah. He did it when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration before he went back to heaven. He's speaking over them. And we mm-hmm. see Paul carrying that on too. Every time he would write a letter to the churches, he always ended it with the blessing. This Easter, put a talking Jesus doll in your kid's Easter basket. When he squeezes his hand, he says 10 phrases that Jesus said from the Bible. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Learn more at JesusDoll.com. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good, Debbie. And, you know, I have to tell you, when I was reading that chapter and I was reading, I could hear the discouragement in your writing. But I have to tell you this, for months and months, I keep seeing this vision of the Father cupping my face and kissing my forehead. And I just keep hearing Jesus saying, blessed to the Father, blessed to the Father. And I was like, when I was reading that section, I was literally tearing up. The Holy Spirit was just hitting my heart so hard. Even if it's not deeply personal to the person speaking it, it's so deeply personal to God. Yeah, so good. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I've just found like in certain seasons when God is hammering home a point in my life, he'll change my name. He'll call me deeply loved. He'll call me blessed to the Father. He'll change my name and how he addresses me. And it's just like God. When he speaks to our identity, when he speaks to who we are, he changes our name, just like he changed Saul to Paul (laughs) and Peter. I mean, what was Peter's name? Oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. He changed Peter's name, but he'll often do that. And it's just like God. And it's so powerful. You know, we can speak a simple blessing, but we can speak the scripture and that's powerful and it's good and right. But I agree with you. How much more power and authority do we have as kings and priests of God to speak through the power of the Holy Spirit what God is saying into the lives of his people? Yeah, that's so good. Because I think it is after the heart of the Father that everyone comes to know him, right? Your podcast mm-hmm. revealing Jesus. He wants everyone to know him on a personal, intimate level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by this is so good. It's so good that we show a different characteristic and a, a trait of God that maybe people are not aware of. A hundred percent. And if you talk to a lot of unbelievers, they have this image of the father as being this vengeful and spiteful and, you know, oh, mighty smiter of the yes. sinner. <laughs> yes. And it, while God does hate sin, he is such a loving father and desires to bless his children. And I love that you picked that out from Genesis to Revelation, this picture of the father blessing Adam and Eve and blessing, you know, all the way up until Jesus ascending into heaven, blessing his disciples. Such a beautiful characteristic of God. Yeah, it really is an important foundational part of the nature of who God is. So much so that, you know, here are the children of Israel and we see in Numbers where he's telling Aaron and his sons, I want you to bless the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. Now, they've been messing up. Like Mm -hmm. they got stuck in the desert for 40 years because they were always grumbling and complaining. And I think, 
oh, well, there's hope for me too, right? Because sometimes I get over there. For the most part, I'm a very joyous, happy person, but I can have my moments of grumbling and complaining. And it made me realize that God loved and he intentionally wanted them to know how much he loved them by wanting to speak this blessing prophetically over them that is still used today widely, whether or not people are in church. Sometimes I've heard it at memorial services. I've heard it at weddings. I've heard it in churches and just different things where people will take different parts of that blessing, Aaron's blessing, as some call it, out of Numbers chapter six, to really speak over people that may God's face shine upon you and maybe <laughs> give you this peace. And people will sometimes say the whole thing, Christina, or sometimes they'll just take pieces out of it. And how God was showing the importance of how it needs to be in our lives on a daily basis. And it's a foundational part of his character and his nature. Mm, so good, Debbie. Yes. And that, you know, when I bless my daughter, when I take her to school, I will speak Aaron's blessing over her before she goes into school. So good. So good. It's so important that we're speaking that and we're speaking who God has created us to be over each other, into each other's lives. And, you know, I'm so convinced that our king is coming quickly mm -hmm. and we have such a profound opportunity right now to usher people into the kingdom of heaven and it's so important that we do that and we do it well and we do it straight out of the heart of god and that we truly represent the king well absolutely we do. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, people may never pick up a Bible. They may never walk into a church, but they will watch you and I. They will watch us. They will see how we live our life. They will see how we react to situations. We are the Bible that they mm. will read. They might not ever pick up a real one, but as we live our lives, we can model and we can let his light shine through us for all to see. Yes, yeah, so good. And it's so deeply needed and necessary. Like I said, there's been such misrepresentation of who God really is. Yeah. And, you know, we've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been reconnected back to Christ and reconnected to the heart of the Father. And we can now stand in the place and pick up Jesus's mission, the mission of reconciliation, the great commission to go into all the world and reconcile the hearts of those back to the Father. So good. So good. Is there anything burning on your heart you'd like to say directly to our listeners? Oh, well, okay. Yes. I was waiting a minute just to see what the Holy Spirit wanted to say. So, yes. Yes, Christina, there is actually something burning on my heart to say. The Lord in mid-January really began to talk to me about the positioning ourselves as his people to receive and to walk through open doors. And there's just been, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of things that the Lord has had on my heart for several years that I've been praying to, and it feels like the doors have been closed. But he started talking to me about the trials, the tribulations, the hardships that we've gone through, even some testing in some ways has all been preparation for this season that we're about to or are entering into, which is the season of open doors. And I was like, okay, Lord, I 
I receive that? And what do I need to do? That's always a question. Like when the Lord speaks to me about something, like, what do I need to do? And he's like, you have to position yourself. And he's like, you have to position yourself to get the stuff out of the way so that you can step through that door with no more hindrances, no more things hanging on, not dragging anything through into this new season. And I was like, okay. And I think for each one of us, Christina, that's different. For some people, maybe it's the one area of healing that you still need to go after, or maybe it's that one person that you still need to forgive that you just know you're supposed to, but it's just so hard. Or maybe it's just a stepping out and being obedient to what God has already said to you. And so I know that in this year, he spoke that the 2023 was to be the year that we cling to him mm-hmm. and that it's the year of getting close. And in order to cling to him and be as close as we can, we've got to get rid of anything in us that is keeping us from getting that close to him. And so I love how the Lord spoke that in December about 2023, being the year to really cling to him, to push in for what he wants to do in our lives. And then in mid-January, he started talking to me about positioning ourselves to step through these open doors that we maybe have felt in the hallway of transition for a long time, or maybe we've been praying for opportunities and it just doesn't seem like it's been our day. I remember when the Lord said that, I'm like, okay, Lord, because people have been telling me that there's open doors to me for the last five years. And I feel like I keep running into the wall. Like, where's the door? So I'm like, but Lord, you're speaking it to me now. So I know you're going to be moving in this direction. And shortly after that, I began to see there's still some things that I'm fasting and praying and interceding for in our family and for my kids that are on their hearts and for some other people that we know. But I'm really beginning to watch God orchestrate this season of these doors beginning to open for us as we position ourselves. And for each one of us, Christina, that's different. And mm-hmm. so I would just challenge, you know, my podcast and my ministry is called Dare to Hear. So it's all about challenging, right? Daring to hear God. What is he saying to you in this moment? What is he saying to you about that you need to do to position yourself to step through into the next season that he's calling you into? And for some, it's not necessarily a leaving of something, but it's like he's going to expand something. He's going to open something up for you in this next season. And so I want to be ready to step through into Mm -hmm. that so that I could receive what more he has for me. And so I just released that too, that word, both of those words really over your listeners today. Mm, That's so good, Debbie. I felt like so much of 2022 was a preparing the hearts, preparing his leaders. Mm -hmm. It felt like we were going through the birth canal and we were getting squeezed. And I really feel like 2023, those open doors, it's going to be fulfillment and blessing. You know, so much of 2022, I was laying myself on the altar so much, so much. And I still am. It's a lifestyle of surrender. Uh But the Lord really spoke to me very powerfully. He said, I want to do something in the leadership first before I do something through them. And he's been preparing us to receive the prodigals. He's been preparing us for what's coming. And he's so good. You know, he knows what we're going to need. And he said this to me the other day, and it just took all of the pressure off. And I think it'll take a lot of pressure off right now. He said, I'm going to lead you in such a way that you're not going to miss it. Mm. He's so good. He's so good. 
He is so good. He is so good. You know, it's so funny that you said that because I used to say, well, God doesn't speak to me because I was expecting the billboard or the flashing neon sign. Mm -hmm. Go here. Uh (laughs) Turn. And when you go drive five miles, you've arrived. And and I was like, sometimes the things that we think, right? Or we think that, oh, we're going to miss God. God is a God that says, I'm going to make sure that you don't miss me. Amen. I'm keep coming around. I'm going to keep tapping you on the shoulder. I'm going to keep directing and redirecting until you see and you meet me and you see what I have for you. It's so good. Yeah, I like what you were saying about last year and the preparation. And really, it is a lifestyle like daily. It's like, Lord, mm-hmm. I'm putting myself on the altar and mm-hmm. I ask that you burn up anything that's not of you and whatever's left today, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to walk through today with. And it is a daily surrender to him. Sometimes I don't want to say it, but I know I need to say it because that's who he is. And, you know, I think for so long, like our hope has been lost. Yeah. And that was one of the things that the Lord said in the word that I released for 2023 was he said it's time that we get our hope back and that we anchor ourselves to him amen and because he is an anchor for us and he is our hope and Mm -hmm. that as we cling to him we won't be swayed by what we feel what we see or any of the other stuff because we'll be so connected to him that we'll be able to face anything that comes our way which means Mm -hmm. we won't miss it because we'll be anchored to him amen amen I always pray. I was like, I call in my Holy Spirit blinders. You know, when a horse is in a race, it's and so it, good. it wears blinders so that it's not distracted by the crowd and the cheering and the noise and the other horses, so that it can just run and it can focus yeah. and just run after Him. So, the Lord Jesus, I thank you for Holy Spirit blinders. <laughs> yeah. That is so, so good. That's great, Christina. I like that one. Have to add that one to mine. (laughs) Amen. And you know, I loved in your book, and I have to say this real quick. In the back part, you took everyday objects and you helped us tie them to the blessings of God. And I just thought it was amazing. I just got this chuckle out of it. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's so much like God because God tells us to keep the vision in front of us. And I have to say, I love Skittles. They're one of my favorite candies. But Yeah. And you said Skittles taste the rainbow. And you were like the rainbow, the blessings of God, the favor of God upon you. I was like, every time I pick up some Skittles, man, (laughs) I'm going to be reminded of that. Yes. Yes. And I encourage people to do that with everyday objects because I think sometimes we miss that God is in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. Even in our routine or what we think is mundane, he's there, you know, I don't use close-up toothpaste, but I have a blessing in there on close-up toothpaste, right? <laughs> uh, because it's such a great blessing that you can speak over someone even in the marketplace. But may you experience God close up, right? Yeah. And your whole podcast is about revealing Jesus. So may your listeners experience Jesus close up. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, let it be. Let it be. So good. Well, that brings me into my next question. Will you bless our listeners and pray for them today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it is an unusual stormy and rainy day here in South Carolina when the sun is usually out. 
And so as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about, you know, what rain does and how rain comes along and it refreshes and it revives. And while it's not a spring rain, what I just really want to release over people is may the Holy Spirit wash over you. May he calm and purify and cleanse and renew and revive and really water those dry areas in all of our lives. Just as a spring rain comes and refreshes the flowers and nature, may God too do that for us today. And actually every day as we walk with purpose closer to him, as we experience him, as we come in and may God surprise you today and every day with who he is and his nature and his kindness and his goodness to you. And so that's just kind of my blessing over your listeners. And then I just really want to pray, if it's all right, Christina, to just that Holy Spirit would open us up to see the opportunity to bless those around us. A hundred percent. Yes, please. Oh, wonderful. Well, we just thank you, Father God, for who you are. We thank you that blessings originated with you. We thank you that it's always been on your heart from the foundations of the world that we be your people of blessing. You want us to speak blessings, to impart blessings. You want us to speak your name with the intention of blessing other people. And so we just come into alignment with your kingdom purposes. And we say, we want to be intentional. Would you awaken our hearts? Would you revive them? Would you show us individuals around us that need not just kind and affirming words, but that actually need intentional prophetic blessings spoken Mm -hmm. over them? And Lord, if not thinking along the lines of, how can I do this? That you would give us something like Skittles, that we could go, oh, Skittles are a rainbow. Rainbow is God's promises. And that we could begin to speak God's promises and his plans and his purposes to give us a hope and a future. And we could speak that over people. And so God, we thank you that you are the originator of blessings. And it's always been in your heart to bless your children. And so we receive from you today and we thank you, God, for who you are. And we say, make us blessers. Help us to step out and intentionally be agents of blessing. We want to change our world. We want to start with who is in our sphere of influence, and we want it to ripple out from there. So Lord, we say yes today to being agents of blessing for the kingdom of God. Come and move upon our hearts and refresh and revive us today. In Mm. your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Debbie. That was awesome. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Christina, for having me on the podcast today. It has been an honor and a joy to get to be with you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to get to be with you. And I know this is going to bless so many people. Like I said, it is straight out of the heart of God. And I love it. I love it. Love it. Well, I hope and I pray that you have enjoyed today's podcast and it has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes wherever you get your shows under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Debbie Kitterman. And don't forget to pick up a copy of her new book, Legacy, The Lost Art of Blessing. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you.
in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.